Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Now, you may have seen the story during the week where a Google engineer was suspended after he claimed that a computer chatbot, which is basically a programme that can converse with humans, had achieved consciousness. Google strenuously denies it, of course. Barry O'Sullivan is a professor of assistant, uh, uh, sorry, artificial intelligence at UCC. Barry, good afternoon to you. Hi, Sean, how are you? Lambda, what kind of a program is it, could you tell us? Yeah, so, so Lambda is, um, is basically a, a language model, which in, AI's, um, in AI terminology basically is a, is, a, is a system that can generate chatbots. So it knows how to generate uh, sentences and language. And so then you can, you can build a chatbot for selling things or for interacting with people. But it, it basically is a, is a general purpose uh, AI system for generating, uh, you know, good conversations. Right. Okay. And and this particular system w- w- was it uh, engineered to talk about any specific subjects? From the reporting on it, it seemed like it could talk about a range of things. Oh, it can, it can pretty much talk about everything. So it's been trained on vast amounts of uh, conversations and data. You know, it, it's been taught how to. Um, when I say taught, I mean from it uses techniques in machine learn in AI called machine learning. So those machine learning techniques that basically can take lots and lots of data, and then um, in this particular case, it generates sensible sentences. Once you start giving it a bit of context, once you start giving it a hint as to what you want to talk about. Right now, why do you think that this particular engineer uh, came to the conclusion that it was sentient? Yeah, well, who knows, right? So, so what, I suppose, what does sentience mean? So, to, to be sentient, you need to be not only conscious, but you also need to be able to uh, appreciate emotion. You need to be sort of aware of your own emotions, and you need to be uh, aware of other people's emotions. And I think in this case, you know, the transcripts that he released, you know, he's obviously talking to it about how it's feeling and so on. So he's leading it a little bit. Mm. But for, for whatever reason, you know, he thinks it's sentient, and it isn't, you know. You, um, it's a computer program. Uh, it doesn't understand what it's saying. You know, it just knows that this is the right thing to say in this context. You know, when you're se- when you're sending a text message or an email, you know, sometimes depending on what tool you use, it'll start to predict what you might say next. Um, mm. It's basically a very sophisticated version of that. Right. Because so when he asked her when it was it was scared of it, it, Lambda said it had a very deep fear of being turned off. Uh, I know that might sound strange, yeah, but so, that's what it is. Yeah, so the so, so you know he asked the question about his fears, and um, you know it, it knows that you know how does it know? It knows from learning from all of this data historically. Um, you know that some of the things that are interesting to say about fear are well, you know, I'm a I'm an AI system, so therefore I should say something about the following. Um, but it doesn't understand that, and so it gives it's really giving an illusion that it's intelligent, giving an, an illusion that it's sentient, and it mm. isn't. And mm. I suppose that's where. And you might as well say, well, does it, does it really matter? And it, it does actually matter. It matters because um, this thing isn't conscious, it isn't sentient, um, and it's important that people don't believe it to be because obviously if you're interacting with it and you think it is, you know, has all those properties and, you know, you're dealing with a, you think you're dealing with a, a sentient human being, for example, then you might trust what it says and you might take its advice and you might think, you might take what it, you know, you might have confidence in what it's saying to you. And of course, but the bottom line is this, the system has absolutely no understanding of what it's really saying. It just knows that these particular words in this particular order are a good response to this 
thing that this person has said to me. Yeah. How how does it figure out what a good response is as opposed to a, you know, borderline terrifying response? Because it could have yeah, said, yeah. I, well, I'm an AI, yeah. I don't feel any emotions. Yeah, so, so you know, um, there's a variety of different ways in which you can, you can figure that out. So imagine, imagine, let's take a very simple example of what a system can do. You've got a robot and a robot has a, has a, a big database of jokes, mm. right? And, um, and uh, it starts reading out some of the jokes and, you know, it has a little microphone that registers how much people are laughing. And so very quickly it'll figure out, well, people laugh at that joke and they don't laugh at that joke. And so what I want to, what I want to present next as my joke is one that people who tend to find those jokes funny, I'm going to say that uh, as my next joke. So this is the basic of a, the basis of a kind of a, what's called a recommender system. So but just by listening, just by getting that, that, that feedback that people laugh at these things and don't laugh at those things, then I, I, I should be presenting more things like the things that they laugh, that they laugh about. And so in, in Lambda, what, what, what's, Lambda's been trained on lots and lots of pieces of text. And so, you know, for example, novels and uh, plays and all this kind of stuff, content you can read online. And it sort of knows that, well, when people talk about this sort of stuff, they're also interested in this kind of stuff because they, because they, they occur together. And so, um, and in that way, it can, it, can, it can converse. And of course, in order to make it conversational, it needs to know a little bit about, well, how would you put a sentence together? And so, you know, uh, there you go. You've got a, you've got a chatbot that can, you can, you have a chatbot that can react to all sorts of questions in the same way as you've got a, you've got a stand-up comedian uh, robot who doesn't understand the first thing about humor. He just understands if I say that, people will laugh. And if I say this, people won't. Mm. Could be a description of most human stand-up comedians, actually. But... <laughs> so, in, in in a way, you're saying, Barry, it's 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 programmed to ape sentience. Yeah, exactly. And lots of lots of AI systems like this, you know. Um, well, all AI systems are basically giving illusions of intelligence. You know, they they basically perform sort of tasks that we normally associate with things that require human intelligence, like. Uh, you know, finding your way around the street or translating one language into another. Um, but these are, when you have sufficiently large amounts of data, um, th- these things become easy. Like if, if, if you think about translating from one language into another one. Um, so, you know, the European Commission over the last, whatever, 50 years have produced every single document that they've ever written in every European language, exactly the same document. Mm. And so, you know, you, if you're a, if you're a, an AI-based translation system, uh, you can learn that, oh, this sentence in English corresponds to this sentence in Romanian. Um, and because there are so many documents that, that sort of give you examples of, well, that thing corresponds to that thing, then you can quite quickly come up with very reasonable uh, translation systems. Mm. So um, it's all about the strength of data, which is, which is really interesting. But it, it, is, it is illusion. You know, the um, IT systems are are not intelligent in the way that you know that that human beings are intelligent or even you know your 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 pet dog is 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 sentient yeah and you know it's kind of interesting because i think people at this point are probably you know there's this narrative around that you know ai is dangerous because look, look at all the things it can do you know it can it can pick what movies I want to watch. It can translate languages into one, one language into another one. It can, it can drive my car. It can do all these things. But all of these AI systems can only do that, you know. Um, they can only drive the car or recommend the movie. Um, 
Now, when it comes to conversation, when it comes to conversations, because we're kind of social animals, we find that we start to find that very convincing. Mm. But um, these systems are are don't understand the first thing about the world in which they operate. And so it was in, like one of the things that was interesting about this about some of the reports that came out about this fellow is that. He, did, he also remarked that he felt his religious beliefs were being compromised, that Google were, were um, there was a sort of a, a religious discrimination dimension to the story. Um, and that sort of gives a hint to, to, to matters as well, because, you know, there are religions that believe that objects have some sort of notion of spirit, you know, you know so you should, you should treat things well, you know, this kind of thing. Mm. Like Shintoism in Japan, for example. Yeah. So, um, you know, who knows why he thinks this. But I, I read recently that it's just hired a lawyer, so... Um, Obviously, uh, that's going to be interesting. You know, the yes. plot thickens. <laughs> uh, to, to represent Lambda, uh, apparently, that evidence will be uh, very interesting. Will we reach a point, yeah, to though? represent Lambda, yeah, yeah. To represent Lambda. Uh, will we possibly, though, reach a point in the future, Barry, not today nor tomorrow, where it's difficult to tell the difference between whether it's sentience or not? Yeah, so, so I suppose, look, here is an example where, you know, if you believe that this engineer really in good faith believes that this thing is sentient, then in a sense, that's kind of already happened, right? That here's a, here's something that convinced a, uh, you know, pretty smart guy that mm. it was sentient. So that, that's, um, that's already happened. Um, and this is why, you know, feels like, uh, you know, AI ethics and all the sort of focus on what it means for AI systems to be trustworthy is so important because, you know, you want to make sure that, that, if you are dealing with an AI system, that you know that, you know, that you're not fooled into thinking um, that the thing that you're talking to isn't, uh, isn't an AI system. And just, and just for, just for the same purposes, you are actually talking to a human being here. I'm not an, I'm not an AI. Um, <laughs> but that's important because, because, you know, if you're dealing with children or vulnerable groups or whatever, or you're, or you're talking about particular matters that are sensitive, you know, you're talking, if the chatbot was talking about mental health or indeed if human beings started, uh, treating it as if it was a, a, a psychotherapist, then that starts to get a little bit dangerous, right? So, um, and you know, way back in the sixties and seventies, there were chatbots that people did really open their their souls to because they thought that these things were real, um, and that kind of hallucination is dangerous. And we have to. This is probably why Google have put him on leave because um, the idea that an AI system out there is sentient raises all sorts of very significant ethical issues. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, while I have you on here, there was, uh, um, uh, it's been reported recently about uh, the Guardian are going to get powers to use facial recognition technology. Is the AI used in facial recognition uh, technology, how reliable is it? Yeah, so a basic question is, is the AI reliable? Mm. There's lots of studies that show that it isn't, that if, unless you're, Unless you're a white male, uh, the accuracy can be quite poor. So, you know, if you're if you have darker skin, that the accuracy of facial recognition systems can be poor. Um, it can be poor um, uh, recognizing women. I suppose the real issue with this sort of stuff is if if we're walking down streets where AI systems are watching us and sort of surveilling people, um, then that becomes that raises that raises huge ethical issues around things like your your autonomy and your agency. You know, if you're, if you know that there's a big camera sitting on the bottom of Grafton Street, then you might actually decide not to walk down Grafton Street. You might decide to walk a different way because you don't want to meet that, um, meet that camera. Mm. And um, 
it's interesting that it would, be, it, it would be proposed in Ireland because there's some regulation coming through the European Commission and European Parliament at the moment, the AI Act, which is actually going to make this kind of technology illegal in Europe. So it, it does seem quite odd that, um, that we would be considering introducing something into Ireland that would be out of step with the rest of Europe. In fact, well, the European yeah. regulation will apply. But you know, some people might say, well, but isn't it a fair thing to do? Isn't it good to have AI, system, AI systems that can recognize criminals and recognize terrorists? Well, you know, it is in some sense. But the problem is that um, all, of, all of the rest of us, the innocents, are surveilled as well. And on balance, you know, the the impact on your sort of human rights, your privacy and your agency and your autonomy, that's considered to be uh, too great a cost to to catch those, you know, I suppose relatively small number of criminals that would be eventually caught by it. Yeah. But that's not to say that you know facial recognition as a technology isn't isn't an, an evil technology. You know, we we open our smartphones with facial recognition. Um, so it's all about where the use occurs and um, and I suppose when and how people consent to it. You know, when you buy your new fancy smartphone. And you, you know, you you get it to recognize your face, so you can unlock it. Um, you know, you've given permission for that, so that's okay. Um, and if you're going into a building and you know you've got some sort of scanner that looks at your face or something, you know, you've consented to that. But you're not going to get a chance to consent to um, sort of mass surveillance, up, uh, you know, on, on street lamps. You know, that's and that's where the problem arises. So it's yeah. all about the consent. It's not about the technology. It's about the use. Barry O'Sullivan is Professor of AI at UCC. Barry, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.